Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Today I have with me Jonna Devereaux. She is a clinical pet nutritionist and an owner of a very awesome business in the great state of Rhode Island. Jonna, please tell them about yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So yeah, I am a clinical pet nutritionist. I'm the proud mom of two um, rescue American pit bulls or Staffordshire Terriers, but otherwise known as pit bulls. I'm the owner of FetchRI and I'm the director of nutrition and wellness for Bow Wow Labs. So my life is all things dogs. <laughs> okay. Okay. So look, this right here, Fetch RI, please tell my audience about this. Now, mind you, this audience is very vast. There are people from everywhere. So, you know, when you have a specialty like this, and this is one thing that I always like to reiterate to people that they never think about, someone would travel all the way to you, which you understand that. Somebody okay. might come from where, where I am in West Virginia to come to you for something. So please tell them about Fetch RI. Yeah, so Fetch RI is... Um it's just the best place ever. It's, I call it Disneyland for dogs um, and cats. So it is a holistic pet boutique and supply store. Um, I'm also an herbalist besides being a clinical pet nutritionist. So um, everything that's in the store has gone through uh, a very uh, specific criteria that's met specific criteria to make certain that it's only going to help your animals, keep them healthy, keep them safe, keep them happy. Um, and doing so in a way that is more in line with how their bodies are designed. Um, and it's just a fun place to be. <laughs> okay. So what made you want to start Fetch R.I.? Because this is the, like the way that you're explaining this and the way that they can go over to your website, which I'll get you to plug real quick. Right. It's FetchRI.com. Um, and they can find out all the stuff about your boutique and everything else that you're offering there. What made you want to start this? So my rescue boy, Diego, who actually just turned 10 on Sunday, when I first rescued him, he was actually eight weeks old. So I got him as a puppy from a shelter. I actually met him when he was three days old because oh, wow. I had been volunteering at the animal shelter. So he's like my heart dog. Um, but I got to take him home at eight weeks old, even though I had seen him grow while I was working at the shelter. Um, and so, you know, he was the first dog that was my own and wasn't like part of my parents, you know, when I lived at home. And so I thought I was doing everything right and checking all the boxes and feeding the right food and giving the right treats and, you know, going to the vet and getting the right vaccinations. And, you know, when you follow the rules, you expect a certain outcome. And so I expected that he was going to be really healthy. And unfortunately, the opposite was true. And Diego was having uh, a lot of medical issues, um, really hard times with rashes and ear infections in his first year of um, life. He was at the vets probably every month, which meant more medications. Um, and so he is the reason why I started Fetch RI because I realized, you know, and he's also the reason why I became a, a clinical pet nutritionist as well. He kind of is the reason that the, tra the trajectory of my life completely changed in the best way possible. Um, but I really wanted to start seeing what I could do for him. And I wasn't finding the answers at the big box stores. So I started navigating this path of uh, canine health and what I could do and how I could get products that met certain criteria. And, you know, I figured if I was looking for these types of things that other people were other pet parents were also looking for the same type of products and having the same type of issues. So um, that's really how Fetcher I started because I couldn't find what I wanted for my dog. So I figured eh, I might as well just open my own store and bring it all in. So that's how Fetcher I started. <laughs> And that's a real interesting story. And I'm glad that you did this because you were helping owners around the world, around the U.S., everywhere. Yeah. So explain to us about Bow Wow Labs. 
So Bow Wow Labs is this amazing, innovative company that I am um, blessed to be a part in. Um, I joined the team almost two years ago now, and they came out uh, with this product called the Bully Buddy. It is the most innovative, amazing safety device um, because they're really concerned about the safety, well-being, health of our pets. And so one of a dog's favorite long-term chews, which there's numerous benefits why we should be giving our dogs long-term chews, but one of them is a bully stick. And so the great thing about a bully stick is that it's all natural, it's high in protein, it's low in fat, um, it meets all of the requirements, um, I shouldn't say requirements, it meets all of their instinctual needs for chewing. Um, but when they chew down to that last one inch and they can no longer hold it in their paws, it now becomes a potential for a choking hazard or if they do swallow it, it becomes a potential for an intestinal obstruction, um, which can, you know, be fatal in some instances um, if it if you don't get to the vet and have surgery. Um, so Bow Wow Labs came up with the Bully Buddy, which is essentially a bully stick safety device. So you insert the bully stick inside the center of this device and you screw it down. And once you've screwed it in properly, you can't pull a bully stick out. Your dog can't pull it out, so they can chew and navigate the bully stick safely, get all of the benefits of a long-term chew, but not have any of the hazards. Okay. Now, I'd like to go over to COVID-19 for a second. Because uh, <laughs> okay. here's the thing, like, because um, you deal with pets, you deal with uh, the nutrition and stuff. How can people do the right thing by their pets right now during COVID-19 nutritional-wise for, say, like a, a dog or a cat? Like, like, cause you know, people are inside and they're feeding table scraps and stuff like that. So my concern is, is where do we need, cause you know, when you're working and stuff, your dogs want to just eat the food or whatever's out there. You have more time for your pets now. Right. Which is a great, right. That's one of the silver linings of COVID I think is that we're uh, more people are having the ability to bond and spend time with their pets. Um, you raise a really good question when it comes to nutrition. I think one of another silver lining of being around our pets is we're, you know, paying closer attention to how their coat and fur looks, how their teeth look, how their how their energy levels are throughout the day. You know, if we want to get up and go for a walk, we want to bring our pup with us. And if we never had that opportunity before, we might not have realized that they get tired faster. Um, so you start thinking about what is the foundation of health and wellness? And the answer is always going to be food and nutrition. So, you know, a lot of people, depending on your financial ability, um, they may not be able to feed a better type of food. They may have to feed a kibble that they you know, can buy at a local store. Um, so what you can do is you can try to make the food you give them a little bit better. You can increase the nutrition. So um, you, know, you say table scraps. I always laugh when people say, you know, I don't give my dog any human food. That's not necessarily a good thing, right? Like, yes, we want to give them fresh whole food. Um, we just want to make it be the appropriate food. So no, we don't want to give them the fat off of our steak. But if we have some, you know, steamed green beans, that's going to be something that's going to be bringing lots of nutritional value to your dog's food bowl. So it it's all relative, right? It depends on what we're talking about. If you, you know, at Thanksgiving time, um, or even now, right, um, when cranberries were abundant and people were making cranberry sauce sauces, it's a really good time to add cranberries, not the ones with the sugar, right? There's <laughs> the raw cranberries right. <laughs> and puree them up and add them to our dog's bowl for antioxidants. Going into um, spring uh, and summer, you get lots of berries that you can puree up and add to their food bowl. You can do cucumbers. There, there are just different things. You can do fresh meat. 
If you're making um, chicken breast and you're grilling it out because it's going to be warm outside, then grill a chicken breast, cut some off. Don't use any butter or salt or pepper on it, of course. You know, chop it up and add it to their food bowl. So there are some things you can do in a very easy way that is going to increase the nutritional value of the food that you're giving your dog. Okay. That right there, that's really interesting. And I like that because you gave me, you gave me the audience, everyone a scope on how to take care of our animals. Now let's go to another topic real fast. I hate that I'm jumping through different topics. I know it's totally this, good. One, this one is one that's really near and dear um, to um, my father-in-law, Doug. He has a dog. Uh, his name is Bear. Um, and, you know, people are going back to work now. So pet anxiety. Yeah. It's real. It's real. But how do you determine it? And how do you... Well, so I think one of the first things that we need to understand is that with COVID, we had this amazing opportunity because I like to see silver linings and everything. We had this amazing opportunity to be at home and for things to slow down and to spend more time with our animals, um, the bonding that happened with our animals. But now that life is shifting backward and we are finding you know, ourselves having to go back to work, mm-hmm. we do have to understand that the dog's routine and they are creatures of habit was changed when we came home and they had to adapt. And now we're going to go back and they're going to have to adapt again. So there is going to be um, a period of time where there's going to be some discomfort in the dogs, anxiety, whatever it might be, because their routine is changed up. So, you know, what I try to tell people is most people don't get a phone call. You're coming into the office tomorrow. They're given a week or two weeks notice of, you know, we're going to be trying to get you back in by such and such a date. When you have that type of advance notice, start working with your dog right then, immediately. And when I say this, it's going to be go outside, leave your dog in the house, take your keys like you normally do, and go out for five or 10 minutes. Don't make a big deal about it. Come back in, and then you're going to gradually work on that and increase the time that you're away so that your dog is gradually becoming used to you being away from them for longer durations of time. Now, of course, there are going to be some dogs um, that that's just not going to be enough. You might need to do something more. There are some calming um, herbs that are out there um, that can be very helpful in uh, helping them decompress a little bit and reduce anxiety. for really hard cases, and I say really hard cases, you know, where your do- your dog might do danger to themselves because of an increased anxiety, it might be something that it's, it's extremely beneficial for you to have a conversation with your veterinarian to see if there's maybe a medication that might be introduced that might help. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you know you have two weeks, start small and gradually grow on it. And I don't mean go out your front door and let your dog see you out the window or have a conversation with your neighbor where they can hear you. You need to remove yourself so that they cannot see you. They cannot hear you, right? So that they have that full feeling of being alone. And then, you know, the other thing, which kind of tears at my heartstrings because we always want to love on our dogs. Don't spend every second that you're home with your dog. They have to understand that they can exist fine without your hands on them, without you giving them constant attention. If that means that you have to give them a puzzle toy, you can give them a treat dispensing toy that makes them engage on their own. And basically uh, they become self-sufficient at play. That's just another way 
another tool that you can use so that when you do end up going back to work, if they are associating fun with this puzzle toy or this treat dispensing toy, when you're next to them, when you leave the house, it's still going to be fun. And so it will help to kind of break up the anxiety. Okay. And, and in doing that, that's kind of like keeping them busy inside the house while you're yeah. working also. So essentially, yeah. essentially just weaning them off your presence and then slowly they'll get used to you not being there a little bit if you have to go back to work. Now let's flip the whole circle rule fast. Okay. What okay. if? Because you know a lot of people now, our work ha- workplace has been put inside the home now. We're mm-hmm. not going back for a long time or right. until we're essentially needed back in the office or whatever right. you do for a living. So you helped us on getting them um, weaned off of you. But what do you do about actually keeping them busy? When you're at home working, because I work from a computer when I'm at home. Um, And if I'm dog sitting, um, Doug's dog jumps up on me. He wants a lot of attention. He doesn't give me any time to live my life except in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're lucky because most dogs don't even give you that time. So there you go. (laughs) I, I think what's really important is what I said before, that dogs really like routines. So you know, if you have a, a structured work day where you're at your computer, you know, from nine to five or nine to 12 or whatever it might be, you can actually work around that. So you could take your dog for a walk before you go, um, before you start working, I should say, you know, take them outside, give them some uh, energy expenditure, give them some exercise so that they come in and they're tired. If you need to, you can give them a long-term chew, which is going to be every dog's favorite remedy, like a bully stick or something that's going to give them between, you know, 40 to 45 minutes of chew time. Chewing also, um, it's, you know, creates mental stimulation and mental stimulation tires a dog faster than physical um, exercise. So you can actually tire the brain. You can tire them um, by giving them a long-term chew, which will make them sleep. Um, Of course, if you have a random Zoom meeting, long-term chews are really uh helpful (laughs) essential they're essential they are it is an essential it it definitely is essential um and potentially you know maybe you just start to create a new schedule with your dog where you exercise them give them a treat dispensing ball or a bully stick and a bully buddy to keep them safe and then if they're in a crate you can give them some crate time to take a nap or just give them nap time um there's a few different things that you can do you just have to really kind of Give yourself some perspective and think outside the box and just figure out how, what kind of routine do you want your dog to have? And then just create structure because dogs do really well with routine and structure. Okay. Now they're right there. Like you just helped me. And next time I go dog sit, I'll know what to do. And then I can tell uh, my lady Stacy to do the same because she works heavier on a computer. <laughs> okay. Now vegetables okay. and dogs. Yes. What can I give this dog bear if I want to give him some vegetables? Can you name a few vegetables that I can give him? Because I eat asparagus and I'm kind of leery about giving him asparagus just because like I like it and I don't always put Parmesan or other things on it, but sometimes I just eat it normally flat steamed or whatever. Um, But when I try to give it to him, he kind of rejects it. He'll slap it away. Well, you know, to answer that question, I'm going to just tell you dogs really don't have much nutritional need at all for carbohydrates. Okay. So if you're going to be giving them vegetables, I always recommend that you give low starch vegetables. Um, so I mentioned green beans, cucumbers, um, let's see, uh, Brussels sprouts, dogs crazy over Brussels sprouts. Um, my dogs also happen to like cherry tomatoes, 
for whatever reason, I don't quite understand, um, but they love them. You know, what's important is canines don't have the amylase enzyme, which is the digestive enzyme that breaks down carbohydrates in their mouth. So if you want to just fill their belly, you can give them the vegetables as is. If you want them to get some nutritional value, you actually have to break down the cell walls of the vegetables or the fruit for that matter. So you would do that either by pureeing it, by steaming it, or lightly cooking it. Um, so it depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? I say that if you have a dog on a diet and the dog is acting hungry all the time, just give them some green beans. If you can steam them, great. If you can't, you're just looking to really fill up his stomach, right? So um, you could do it celery. Dogs can have celery. I really love those low starch um, vegetables because they just help uh, in a variety of ways. They don't interfere with blood sugar. They don't have... Um, you know, too much starch, which their body just doesn't need whatsoever. I mean, ours don't either, I guess. <laughs> true, true, true. So if you're heading to Rhode Island and you stumble upon fetch, what is the first thing you're going to see at the front door? Um, lots of pictures of dogs. So when we first opened the store uh, seven years ago, I was slow to get on social media. Um, so what I did was I actually got a little Polaroid camera and I would take Polaroid pictures of all the dogs that came in the store and hang them on our wall. So we have a wall of dogs that's about a thousand deep, as wow. well as a bunch of awards. Yeah, as well as like a bunch of awards that we've won over the years. Um, you know, since that time, we actually, you know, have a really good Facebook and Instagram game. And now we're on TikTok too. So we now are taking photos and sharing them online with all of our followers. Um, you know, I'm a really big advocate in sharing the happy. I call it my sharing hashtag sharing the happy campaign. Um, there's so much negativity going on in the world that all the dogs that come into our stores and some days we have almost 40 dogs that come in. Oh my Lord. I take, yeah, I take their pictures and I post every single one of their photos and all of their names. And I just want people to smile. So when you first walk into fetch, what I really want from anyone that walks through that door is just a big smile to come across their face. And I think we're, we're pretty, be good at achieving that. All right. And you just spoke about you being across social media. Would yeah. you mind telling everyone where they can meet you at on social media? Yeah. So there's going to be two places. So you can go to FetchR. So with Facebook, um, Instagram, and TikTok, it's going to be at FetchRI. And of course, FetchRI.com. And then for Bow Wow Labs, which is where you're really going to get a lot of my blogs and articles about canine nutrition and health and different things that you can do to help your dogs, go to bowwowlabs.com. So it's B-O-W-W-O-W-L-A-B-S.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bow Wow Labs. <laughs> All right. Now, um, how do you keep your passion for animals? Because and the reason I ask this is one thing you handle a lot of animals and sometimes, you know, you might have a rowdy animal or you, you can see the emotion of an animal, just like you can see it in a human. How do you keep that passion going and stay real strong with it every single day? It's, um, it's easy to be honest with you. Pets are so innocent. They are, they're energy beings that just want to share joy. And you may have a rambunctious dog or a rambunctious cat or um, a ferocious one at sometimes, and you just have to kind you just understand that it's not their fault. You know, they're such beautiful beings. And if you can be in the present moment, which is something that we as humans have such a hard time doing, but if you can be in the present moment and be with that animal who also, by the way, is always in the present moment, you really can't 
be anything but blissful and happy. There is such, and I'm going to tell you a little story this morning when I woke up this morning, because I have my two dogs, Diego okay. and Lola. And so I woke up this morning and it was like the sun was out and it was just a good day, right? To just wake up and have my dogs on the bed. And I got up and I started giving them like a little massage. And I thought to myself, how lucky am I that I get to have this type of relationship with another species? Like, it's just mind blowing that we have a, other species that are willing to trust us and to love us and to give us such loyalty that I, I don't know how I can't stay passionate. It's just, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And it's nice because it's kind of like over time you build a codependency on each other, correct? Well, I, codependency, I don't think is a good word, but you, you come to, um, you know, you appreciate, you appreciate each other and you, um, rely on each other for different things. Um, but it's all, it's all good, right? Yes. It's, it's all good. Okay. Okay. On that one. Now I have to get it to a segment in the show, um, that I do with everyone. Um, okay. now there was a guy in New York, uh, he can solve an Rubik's cube in 40 seconds. There's a lady, there's a lady all the way in Georgia. She goes out and buys uh, artwork from Goodwills in different places, or even like the artwork behind you. And she'll put rhinestones on it and resell it. Okay. So now my question to you is, what is a hidden talent or a secret that no one knows about you? That no one knows? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Because <laughs> then someone, lots of people will know. Um Okay, so I don't talk about this much, but the people that come into my store and that interact with me and have their dogs or cats come in and actually interact with me, they tell me that I have a, a gift and that I am a pet whisperer, that I can very easily, just from the animals walking through the door, I can very quickly assess what's going on with them and what the animals need. And that I have, in fact, I was watching my neighbor's rabbit the other day and she told me the rabbit's crazy. And I went over to see the rabbit and I had the rabbit on its back, belly up, letting me rub the belly in under 30 seconds. And they're like, oh, is she a witch? Like, how did she do that? So I guess I have an ability to um, make animals feel comfortable and calm. And so that to me is a gift. That is. And Alan, you know, I guess. Yeah. Pet Westford. <laughs> and once, once again, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia Uncommonplace. Thank you for um, having me. Uh, once again, can I get you to plug everywhere that anyone can find you? Yeah, of course. So BowWowLabs.com on Instagram and Facebook at BowWowLabs. And then, of course, if you want to see my two doggies, Diego and Lola, you can check them out at FetchRI.com and follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok at FetchRI. All right. Once again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you.